Welcome! This is the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. Stay tuned as you listen to the Word of God. I remember Pastor Bay also said that people are more influenced by the things you do than the things you say. Do you remember that? People are more influenced by the things you do than the things you say. But you see, about 80% of the things that we do are subconscious. Does that make sense? 80% of the things that you do are subconscious. The way you react to me is subconscious. You don't, you really think of how you are going to react to me. You probably just do it. There are a few times when you sit down, especially when it's a very important thing. Then you now sit down and think of it. How will I? Do you understand? So what happens is that over time, you have built up your response to certain things. So when you see it, you just react based on how you have built yourself over time. Does that make sense? So, it implies that influence can be done consciously and subconsciously. So people can be watching you and learning, and you don't even know that they are, you, are you have an influence on them. What it therefore means is that if I have to influence people, I must deliberately make sure that the thing I want to influence them with is built into my personality. Is built into my being. It's a part of my everyday life. Such that whether I notice it or not, whether consciously or unconsciously, when any influence I have on anybody is a reflection of what I want to influence them with. Does that make sense? Are we still together? If I've lost, just say, hmm. Okay, let me go back. Thank you. I, these are the people I love the most, the honest people. If we say, like Pastor Obey said, people are more influenced by what you do than what you say. Most times, what you do, a lot of what you do, is done subconsciously. It's based on what you have built in yourself. There's an analogy I commonly give. If we carry a clay pot, put a goat, goat bones, put egg, boiled eggs, and pour oil on it, palm oil, and put it at the gate of this church, many of you will not cross into this church this morning. Many, will you cross? I mean, not... Let me not ask. Many of you will cross into this church this morning. Right? But if I put this same thing in front of a church, maybe somewhere in New York, people will probably take pictures of it. And think it's maybe a cultural day something. Why? Because somewhere in my subconscious, I have learned that that thing has evil powers. That thing means something. But to that person, that thing is not in the person's subconscious. So my reaction to it it's going to be different from that person's reaction to it. Does that make sense? Are you, are you with me now? Yes, sir. So it means that the things that we do, a lot of the things that we do, are stained, tainted, or formed by how we have built ourselves over time. So if we are going to influence people, and Pastor Obey has said that people are more influenced by what you do than what you say, it means that we must consciously make sure that we build the things that we want to influence people with. If I want people to always smile when they see me, I must consciously build it into myself to always smile. So that whether I am doing it deliberately or not, when people see me, they see smile. Does that make sense now? Alright. So, whatever we want to influence people with must be deliberately built into our personality. It's not... You don't just wake up and say, oh, I want to influence Pastor Tyre, so let me go and start. How do I see Pastor Tyre now? According to Pastor Obey, they are more influenced by what you do. Amen? Amen. So who is a Christian? 
Pastor Bay also did this. I'm referencing you now. I'll soon switch to Pastor Tayo. Thank two of you for helping me preach my message. So I'm not going to waste my time doing what you have already done. I'm just going to copy and paste. Who is a Christian? Nobody wants to answer. You will answer. If you were in church last Sunday, let me see your hand. If you were in church last Sunday, people are not afraid to answer. Ha! Choir, who was in church last Sunday? John Bliss, you were in church last Sunday. Please stand up, first of all. Huh? Clifford, did you travel last Sunday? You were in church. So, John, please, who is a Christian? A Christian is a Christian. Okay, Clifford, who is a Christian? A follower of Christ. All right. Three people came to church last week. Three people in church. We are not just looking at Pastor Tyler's dress. All right. A Christian is a person who has received by accepting the life of God and has pledged to daily live according to that life that he or she has received. Emphasis on daily live. Amen? So, now we are talking about influencing your world as a Christian. Pastor Obey also said that the origin of our influence in our world is in Genesis chapter 1, Verse 28. So let's go to Genesis 1, verse 28. Verse 28 says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now let's go to verse 26. Verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Next verse. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them. Then verse 28. Then God blessed them. So here's the point I'm trying to make. The man who God designed to have influence on earth, or godly influence on earth, is the man who is made in God's image. Is the man who was made in the image and likeness of God. So God's desire to have you influence your world is stemmed from the fact that you are made in the image and likeness of God. Does that make sense? If it doesn't make sense, then, mm, I will actually explain if it doesn't make sense. Okay. So the man that when we say influencing our world as Christians, the conversation doesn't end at influence. 
Because a lot of times you hear teachings about, oh, influencing our world as Christians, and it ends at influence. But Pastor Obedi rightly said, influence can be positive or negative. It also means that influence can be, you can influence anybody, any way, in anything. Does that make sense? So when we say God says and requires us to have influence, God requires us in his image and likeness to have influence. Not in my own image of myself or in my likeness of myself. So the influence that God expects of me is not the influence of my desire, except my desire is in absolute alignment with God's desire. Yes, sir. Does that make sense? So what should a Christian influence his world with? We have said that we must consistently build into our lives the thing that we want to influence people with. My younger brother once said to me that, I can't remember the conversation we were having, and he said, what I want is that everyone who comes in contact with me will be better because they met me. And he was very young when he said it. So he was always conscious. Till date, if you know my younger brother, he's very conscious of it. He's very conscious of everybody who comes to him. He's not like me. Amen. I think he's a more intelligent and more proper version of me. Amen. But he said it. And he was conscious of it, actually. Because I noticed it wasn't just something... You say a lot of things. He deliberately built it in. Okay? So, even till date, if you meet anybody who has met him, their reputation of him is in that line. Does that make sense? So, what we have to build, what do we have to build into our personalities? What do we have to build into our lives? Since that's what we want to influence our world with. Because that's the bane of our conversation today, or this month, that we must influence our world. Whether you like it or not, you already have influence on your world. The problem is which influence do you have? Today, today you have influence in your world. You think it's a lie? If I ask your neighbors, what happens is this person coming to a compound? They will tell me something. The problem is what they will tell me. But we don't, I don't know what they will tell me yet, until I ask them. So you already have influence. But the essence of our conversation this morning is to make sure that we deliberately influence our world in line with what God wants or how God wants it. Okay? Amen. Amen. So what should a Christian influence his world? The pastor Bay said you are God's letter. When they open you, what do they read? You are God's letter, you are his epistle, you are his book. When they open you, what do they read? Sometimes you are more conscious about the cover of the book than the book itself. So, I want people to see me and think I'm a very serious businessman. So when I come out, I wear a three-piece suit and I walk slowly. Problem is, when they have a conversation with me, they realize that I didn't say it, you said it. So I'm more, I'm more conscious about the cover. I'm more conscious about my looks. I have to dress in a way, it's, it's cool, it's part of it. But you must make sure that when they open the book, you have an episode they're supposed to read. And they will read subconsciously as well. So when they open that book, what do they see? What are they supposed to see? 
I have once said here, I think, that an unbeliever cannot judge my Christianity. And that's because an unbeliever has no clue what a Christian should be. The only person who tells what a Christian should be is Christ and the Holy Spirit of God. So I don't judge my Christianity by an unbeliever. This unbeliever tell me, no, they do like Christian. Okay. The, what you know about a Christian is the one you have met before. How do I know the one you have met, you have met before? But what I know you should know is when you meet me, you should know that there's something in me that is different from what you have in you. And you should know that what is in me is better than what you have. Whether you can tell, tell what it is or not is a different case. But you should know that there's something around here that's different from what you have and that is better from what you have. Not you, you, I believe that you are saved, you are in Christ. I'm talking about the man who hasn't found Christ. So many times, what happens is that we judge our Christianity, when we are talking about influencing our world, what we are thinking is the unbeliever in my neighborhood. Then we are judging our Christianity by how the unbeliever will see me. So we end up shaping the cover of our books rather than what is written inside the book. So we pretend to be what we have not taught ourselves to be. I pretend to, to be calm, but I'm not calm. I pretend to be lovely, but I'm not lovely. You know how they know I'm not lovely? When there's a decision to be made, what influences my decision? My neighbor will know immediately. Does that make sense? Is it nice to have a good book cover? Fantastic. But more important than the book cover is what's written inside the book. I'm still quoting them. Pastor Obey said, you are God's word made flesh. <clears throat> you are God's word made flesh. Here's the problem. Read your scripture. Every time God's word went out, it was to create something. Every time God released this word, it was to make something happen. And you know what he went to make happen? What God had in his mind. The word of God, whenever it went forth, created exactly the express image that God had in his mind for sending his word. That's why scripture says that not a jot of his word will do what? So if you are God's word made flesh, what are you creating? What should you create? What, sh what is being created through you? What should you be creating? Before I quote Pastor Tayo again, I was going to quote Pastor Tayo and say, Pastor Tayo said, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. In fact, I am tempted to read that scripture. Let's read it, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5 from verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing, but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Next. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16. Verse 16. Let your light so shine before men. That what? And do what? When your light shines, what should they see shining through? Read scripture. Now, read scripture. It's still there. They have not removed it. 
when your light shines through, what should be seen? And what should then happen? Let me do my analogy. You are the light of the you are the light of the world, Abby. The light. This is a light. How many people know this is a light? Do you realize that this thing reflects, this thing can reflect light, whether it's on or not? This light is shining. I'm sure on Pastor Duke's eye now is shining into his eyes. It's not shining as bright as the light itself will be, but it's reflecting light. And the light that this thing is reflecting is not its own light. It's the light that is picking up from somewhere around. Maybe this one, all the stage lights around. Right? But here's the thing. God has already connected us to himself to be able to produce the light that God desires of us to produce. Right? As long as you do not shine, whether you like it or not, you are reflecting something. The problem is what you have deliberately chosen to reflect. This light is reflecting something. As it is now, if I put something in front of it, you will see light. The problem is that what it is reflecting is not the light that has been designed by the manufacturer or that has, it has been connected to, to reflect. What it is reflecting is everything around it. So many times, when we talk about influence in church, our minds stays on the things around us. We are still thinking of how to reflect the things around us. All the things that we have told ourselves that we should reflect. But God has connected us to himself. And he expects us to do what? Reflect him. That is the light of the world. That is the light that you are supposed to shine into the world. Not the one. So when Pastor Tai was talking last night, I was saying, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You have to, people mentioned all the different spheres of like, career life that you should go to. Some people were just thinking, yes, I'm the light of the world. In my office, I'll be the MD. So I'll have plenty of money. I'll take up my children. I will and the light of the world. Heavenly Father, do it for me. You have the power to do it. That's not what he's saying. Yes, you will do that. You will take up your children. You will. You should. It's your responsibility. It's God that gave you that responsibility. But it is beyond you and beyond your children. That's how we have Christians. Our problem is not that Christians have not got into a higher place in society. It's because the people who eventually got there are no longer Christians. Because somewhere along the way, we forgot or just cease to understand the reason for where we were going to. So by the time we did all the things we needed to do to get to where we wanted to get to, we were no longer who wanted to get there. We are just a human being who has now gotten there. Everything that you now are is now a reflection of all the things that carried you to that place. But the essence of what God is saying is not the road. So the road, the road to Benin is not the same thing as Benin. Ibadan Express is not the same thing as Ibadan. There are two different things. The fact that you are walking on Ibadan Express or you are driving on Ibadan Express does not mean you are in Ibadan. In fact, there is a part of Ibadan Express that is in Lagos State. You have not even gotten to Ogu State. Benin Shagamu Expressway, there's a part of it that is in Ogu State. You will still cross Jebode, uh, reach Ondo State. Far, 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 almost 200 kilometers. What it means is that if that is the goal, I must be conscious even through the road to make sure that what must happen in the goal is what is happening in me now. So I must be conscious to make sure everything that is leading me to that influence, everything that I am doing now is a reflection of what I am supposed to reflect even when I get to that place that I want to get to. Otherwise, the person that will get there will not be you again. 
It will not be this you. It will be a different one. Amen? But let's have a conversation. Let's read Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, and what? Can we all scream it together? And what? Do not be conformed to this world. It doesn't matter where you are. It's true. But that's not what you are meant to reflect. The end product of what should be seen, the light that you should shine, is the perfect will of God. That's who you are. So, let me give you an idea. Now and when he was reflecting nonsense, which is brighter? Here's the point. If you stay true to how God has desired, what God desires for you to shine, you will end up shining brighter than every other thing you are reflecting. That's a fact. Because the path of the righteous is as a shining light that does what? Shines brighter and brighter onto a perfect day. I didn't say it. It's in scripture. It's not, it's not my wisdom. It's God. Right? So if you stay true to that, it is, see, this thing we are saying now is difficult. Maybe after I finish my analogy, I'll go into giving practical examples. It's not easy. But this is the word of God. This is what the word of God says. And this is what it must be. Right? So some of us are even shining the light of God, but we have dimmed it a bit. Sorry, the dimmer is not working. Some of us have dimmed it a bit. Why? So that it doesn't... We can still reflect more of what's around. I'll give you a simple example. If I want to know the true you, the best place to go and find out is your office. Whether you like it or not, you spend more time in your office than you do in any other place on earth. You spend at least eight hours there every day. You don't even spend that time in your house, very likely, if you live in Lagos. Because if you get to your house by 10 p.m. and you're out by 5 a.m., even the time you spend in your house, you spend like 70% of it sleeping. So if I want to know the real you, I just go to your office and ask them. Then they will tell me, they will not tell me about you in Jesus' name. Some may tell me about somebody else. How that an assignment that will cost you 50000 to do when you, are, when you are joined that IOU, you make it 120000 Why did you do it? That's what we all do here. Don't worry, it's hard, it's hard. I've been in that situation before, it's hard. Because everybody does it. And if you do not do your own, they will catch the other people. Then the other people will now mount the pressure on you. Why people pretend as if you don't? Okay, okay, you still working. I don't work in my own again. In that place again. So I can say my own. So people still work there. So they are afraid to... They cannot laugh. They cannot laugh. It is holding them. Because even the offering they want to pay today. <laughs> But here's the truth. When we now talk about influence, you want to go there and be praying. 
When these people see you beyond the prayer that you are praying. I've given, I think for someone knows this story of how I wrote jump once and we got into the examination hall and the invigilator was leading us in prayer. I was like, ah, thank you, Jesus. This is the best. <laughs> Five minutes into the exam, this woman was passing newspaper around. No, those answers she died newspaper. Type English, type A, B, C, they don't rule like. I look at you all again and say, oh, but Jesus. <laughs> but you pray. Some of you have shops. You pray. When you get there in the morning. And when you finish praying, you cheat your neighbor. Then you come and say, the Lord has blessed you. It's not my God that blessed you. See, it's the truth. It's not my God that blessed you. There are blessings from every other places. Unbelievers are rich. It's, it's money that we used to judge my God. Unbelievers are rich. There are things that if you do, you will, be, you will have money. If unbelievers do, they will have money. It doesn't mean it's my God. But what do you reflect? What do they see? What we are saying is, the very thing that you want them to see, you must make sure, make sure. Sometimes you will suffer. That's why I said there's no conversation about influence that is not built on absolute faith in God. So that when the going gets tough, when the road seems like there's a lot of potholes, you understand that the person who sent you cannot fail. So you can see beyond what people see. You can see people beyond people's immediate gratification. And know that at the end of the day, it's going to turn out exactly how God designed it to turn out. Does that make sense? To influence your world as a Christian, it's not easy. It's not this English we are speaking. Oh, eh... Uh, Pastor Bell was talking that there, and some people's mind immediately went to, oh, if I want to influence my world, I should stop wearing mini skirt and wearing long gown. If it was by wearing long gown, if it was just by wearing long gown, this will not be having half of the issues we have in this country. No, it's true. It's true. It's, it's, it's in our home. What we say influencing our world, is it not from here we start? It's from here we start. I start from my father's house. I start from my father's house. All of us are within the same country. But here's the truth. What the world needs is not more of your pretending to be something. It's more of you being and reflecting what you already are. Romans 5.5 5 says that the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit of God. That's who he has made us into. First um, uh, John chapter 4, verse 7, and it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and anyone that loves what is what? Born of God. Verse 8 says, He that loves not knows not God. Why? God is love. You cannot have, you cannot have received the nature of God, having God's love, or becoming God's love, and still act outside of God's love. If the decision you take is to satisfy yourself and yourself alone, your selfish desires alone. Don't get me wrong, your selfish desires can be valid. But to satisfy just a selfish desire to the detriment of another person, check it again. Check it again. This is who God expects you to be. This is the light that God expects you to shine. Amen. Amen. So you're already connected to God. God is not about to make you into who we influence people. I can say, stand up now, let's pray, pray. You will influence your world. God has made you into, he has given you all that pertains to life and godliness. He has given you all that you need to be all that he wants you to be. The difference is, are you willing? Here's the problem. Many times we want to actually influence our world for God. But the challenge is that 
our faith in God, we have faith in God. But sometimes, our desires, the things that we want to have, like I want to have a, I want to have an off-road truck, a very big one. I'm just, I've said it like four times from here. So I'm just putting it out there so that when it happens, you say, I don't tell where the talk and since. Yeah? I want to have it. Four-wheel drive off-road truck built for off-road racing. You understand? So my desire for it will now become more in my mind than my faith in God's ability to produce it through me. So when I get to a place and there's something I can do that in two days' time or two weeks' time I can buy my truck, then Pastor Obey will know that I have a very big car. No, he has a very big car. I deliberately know it's Pastor Duke or the other people. For those ones can press my neck after service. But this one, my desire for that becomes more, somewhere in my subconscious becomes more or takes a higher priority over my faith in God's ability to produce whatever he wants to produce in me. So I start to tell myself subconsciously that that is probably the hand of God. I start to see, do you understand? I start to see the hand of God. But what I'm doing is cheating somebody else out of what is theirs. But I won't even see it at all. It's not like I'm a wicked person. Does that make sense? I'm not even seeing it at all. Because my selfish desires, and that's what happens in different areas, in different places. So if you are the love of God, if you have received the love of God, and if, you know when Jesus was asked, he said, what is the greatest of all these commandments? What's the greatest of all the commandments? What's the greatest? Jesus says, there are two, and the two of them are exactly one and the same. First one is, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your might, and with all your strength. Then the second one is, thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. So here's the thing, I think. According to the love that you understand that you have in God, that's the measure that you show to your neighbor. Because the measure that you know that God loves you is how you think to love yourself. And that's the same measure that you should think to love your neighbor. The problem is when you make a decision, ask yourself, if you were in your neighbor's shoes, what decision would you want you to make? So how I, how, when I want to make a decision concerning Pastor Duke, I'll ask myself, if I was Pastor Duke, how would I want me to make that decision? Does that make sense? What is the best for Pastor Duke? What is the best for the next person? In this decision I'm about to take, in this thing I want to do, what is the best to do? That's the right influence. So when people see you in your office, when they come to your office, they know. Some of you, if they, when they want to do rubbish in your office, it's you they will come and discuss it with. They will come and discuss it with you because they're confident with her. And they're not discussing it with you because they want you to help them out of it. Too. They are discussing with you because they know that ah, once it comes to you, it will happen. It will not fail. <laughs> but you see, when you have that, like people around you know, they know that when they want truth, when they want the right thing, that's where you go to. There are people, even in government, pastors that you say are very corrupt. There are some people that they know, they will tell you, if you want to no go there, leave that side. And you know the funny truth? The day they need to do something that requires integrity, is that person they will go and call. Because truly, truly, everybody knows. I see that place. The only thing that comes out of there, no matter what you put inside, what comes out is truth and integrity. And that only happens because you are taking your time to build it into your personality. You are taking your time to build it into your personality. You must teach yourself. Learn it. 
that how I relate to this person must be from the place of understanding of how much God loves me and how much I should love the person. Not because I want to. It's not, it's not easy. Let me tell you a story. Last Sunday, I don't usually give testimonies a lot and it's a problem. I do it privately. Last Sunday, by this time last Sunday, I was standing in an accident scene. Somebody damaged, damage. I mean damage that should be close to 5 million naira damage in somebody's car. And it's not that, oh, we taking it, I was driving on my, I saw the person coming. I said, this person is going to kill me. There's no way I could run. The person hit me. And the first thing in my mind, Baba, you are going to sleep there. People should please bring soldier. Just bring soldier. First, they are going to be rolling inside Poto Poto. First. Then his family people will now come and start begging and say, please, oh, we will pay, we will pay. But you see, when the young man came out and stood out, to that side, you could tell that this guy honestly had a problem. He wasn't, he wasn't drunk. He wasn't, he just had life. No, it's true. He wasn't drunk. It wasn't like, oh, he was driving drunk. He was driving drunk. Now he said, no, we have to make sure he knows that he's wrong. He wasn't, he just had life. And life happened to him. And then he created a mess. Yes, I can go back and say there's a decision I should have made. But you have to think to yourself, See, if you are the one that made that mistake, how would you want them to treat you? So imagine when somebody has hurt you. Me, I'm using an example that is easy now. When they have taught you. When they have taught you. Now here that that man is the one that sat on your promotion for like three years. Then they now say, ah, they're about to deal with him. Do you understand? Where's your mind coming from? I don't, I'm not saying there's no... The law is the law, right? But I'm saying, where is it coming out from? What part of your heart is it coming out from? Where does your decision concerning people? Our hearts, many of us, not here, some of us, our hearts are so self-centered that we don't even realize it. We don't realize it. It even affects the things we do in church. I think it was me and Pastor Bay that were having a conversation. I can't remember. Either, either me and him or in Benin. Anything they do in church is about how you are going to get more money. Anything that we say in church, no matter all the things that Pastor Tyre preached last Sunday, the only thing that was entering your head is if I influence my word more, God will give me more money. That's all you hear. It's not, it's just because over time that's how you have built yourself. Your desire for money has taken precedence or priority over every other desire that you have. Not because this is not good, not because money is bad, but because it has not become what controls you. I had a conversation with Uncle Henry once, and I told him that the next time I was going to preach, I will use it. <laughs> he gave me, he quoted a statement from me. He said, had the, had the fool the gold, or had the gold the fool. So, some of us, our career now has us. It's not we that have career, it's career that has us. See, the career now has fidelis. So anything career says do, I do. I don't even care. I don't have any other thoughts. It's my career. You know it's my career? It's my is it not my career? It's my career. Some people, it's your business. Ah, my business. But don't you hear Pastor Baba when he says it? It's my business. It's my business. So my business must do well. Probably, very good. It should do well. In fact, it is a testament that you have a God that is all wise. Problem is that your goal has stopped on the road. Your business doing well. It's now, it's now precedent over you reflecting God's nature. What happens is that you end up doing anything 
to make your business do well. By the time you, are, you arrive at your business doing well, you are no longer a Christian, even though you come to church on Sunday. Amen. Amen. So how do we influence our world? We must make sure that when people see us, they know that we love them. When people see you, they must know that you love them. It is hard, but you have to deliberately and consciously teach it to yourself. Say, I love my neighbor. Think of that, your horrible neighbor. Say, I love that, my neighbor. Because the truth is that God loves them. God loves them. Whether I, love, whether I agree to love them or not, God loves them. Just as he loves me. The difference is that I have accepted God's love. I have received it into myself. They haven't yet. But God loves them. And if that's the influence that I have to have in my world, then I must deliberately teach myself. It is that love that affects how I dress when I come out. So when I'm dressing up for my house, I ask myself, why am I dressing like this? What should I wear? How do I want to be there? So my dressing is not tailored by, oh, what is, oh, um, dress like this, wear cap, wear three-piece suit, wear big agbada. No, my dressing is tailored by my understanding of who I'm supposed to reflect. That the people I'm going to see meet there, how would they relate with me? Would they know that I love them? Or would they think that I am on one side and they are on one side? Would they feel or experience love for me like this? Does that make sense? That's how, that's how. Everything that we do must be drawn from that place. Sometimes, the truth is, this is actually the real Christianity. Because the Bible says that with the heart one believes and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's not enough to say I've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord over my life in 1944. No. You see that the Christian race, the confession of Christ as Lord is something that is continuous. Because the confession is a declaration. It's not an incantation. It's not an incantation that you just say, oh, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life today and you're saved. Amen. Amen. Go and meet the first day. We welcome you and introduce you to Christ. No. It is you taking a deliberate decision that I want Jesus in my life and that I want to daily live in a manner that Christ desires. So you confess it with your mouth. What happens is that every day you are supposed to consciously make that same confession, not just with your mouth, with everything that you do. Every action that you take must be a confession of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's the influence that your people will see. So when everything that you do, I may not like it, I sit down. I don't like it. But I can't say it was from a wicked place. Do you understand? It doesn't mean that we, people will like it. People are not likely going to like you because they did not like Jesus too. He said it. They did not like me, they won't like you. But you see, the actions must come from there. That's your daily confession. That's how you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior in your life every day. Because every decision I make is made from that consciousness. It's made from that understanding. I want to start a business. Why? Why did you even come to church today? Amen? Pastor Duke has said here before, and I know I've also reiterated it, that our life is one. There's no two lives. So there's no life you live in your office. There's no life you live in your neighborhood and the one you live as a Christian. It's one and the same. The reason you go to work has to tie to the reason you come to church. Because your life is to achieve one goal. To be what God has ordained you to be in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. To have dominion over the earth as God's image 
and likeness. Amen. Say, I will constantly and consistently declare God's love. It is a loud enough. Say, I will, I will constantly, constantly and consistently declare God's love to my world. That is my influence. And wherever I am, people will know that God loves them. This is who God has made us to be. This is the light that we reflect. This is the influence that we must have. This is why we are having this conversation this month. It's not so that when you come next week, your dressing would have changed. It may change if it needs to change. But the real goal is that when you are coming next week, the reason why you are coming must align with the love that God has shared abroad in your heart. Amen. Thank you for listening to the CGMI Living Springs Godful Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at CGMI underscore L Springs.